Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. It is interesting to me, her picture on her IMDb is... Yeah, you can't see it right now, but it it looks like Sigourney Weaver. Actually, mm, it does. Okay. It's. <laughs> I mean, she's loosely lawless, but look at that. Yeah, that's very. I think it's it, giving a lot of Sigourney Weaver vibes. Very, very much some Sigourney Weaver, Weaver vibes. And yeah. then I also feel like Shania Twain is, like, they're kind of, you know, vibing the same, sort of energy. I feel like. What energy is that? I don't know, like this dark haired Amazonian, powerful, cool lady. Okay. Maybe. Sure. Um, yeah. Dark haired Amazonian, powerful lady. But I feel like, what's her name who plays Wonder Woman? Linda Carter. No, the... Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. She has a totally different vibe. Yo, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, as a like, as a dark-haired Amazon. Woman. Lucy Lawless has a playful vibe to her, and yeah. maybe that's what you're like. Sigourney Weaver can also be playful. She's also very kick-ass. See any Alien movie, but like, and Shania Twain definitely has a little playful vibe to her. Gal Gadot, I don't know, does not seem to have a very playful vibe to her. That's just me, though. I think she is playful. Gal Gadot. Oh yeah. She just doesn't have that vibe. Yeah, she just gives off, I don't know, it's the Justice League. It's DC. They've made her so shiny and kind of unreal. So shiny and heroic and also like a little bit of self-seriousness going on there. Oh, you think? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Come on. Like think about think about Batman and then think about Petulant Superman and then think about like, oh, <laughs> Marvel is very lighthearted, fun, and out in the like day and quippy and everything. And then DC, all of DC stuff is we're very dark and serious. Yeah, we're wrestling with real big topics. Our muscles are big, but are they big enough? Yes. Who knows? Will these muscles be big enough to save to carry the weight of the world? Because we are very much the people <laughs> holding on to the world. What I... if I just shrugged it all off? I pull off my whiskers one by one. (laughs) (laughs) That is how I shave, to feel the pain of everybody. I let it grow, and then I pull it off one at a time. (laughs) That's that's the new biography I want to do. I want to do the new biography of uh, Ben Affleck's double. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ben Affleck's double. I'm here to talk about what it's like to be growing on Ben Affleck's face. Uh, some days it's really hard. Some days I don't really feel like I'm pulling out my hair. <laughs> I always got to wonder, though, like, how does like how does Superman's beard feel? Like, that's just got to be. I mean, my God, can you imagine, like, the strongest hair on Earth? And he's just, like, lasering you off his face. Like, why would he do that? Why would you? You're the strongest hair on Earth. Feels like you could do something with that. I don't know. Like, I just wonder if his hair just gets a little upset with him sometimes. Yeah. What happens when he goes close to kryptonite? Does his hair wilt? Does it become soft and <laughs> does, fluffy? Does his hair become soft and fluffy? Does his hair get curly? Does his hair just like, or is it like chemo? Like, does mm. Superman, when he gets around, when he gets, like, is maybe yes. that's how he shaves. He's got like a kryptonite razor blade <gasps> and it's like a little bit of kryptonite over his <gasps> face to like weaken the, the hair. Just a little bit. Just, just a the, little just bit. Just the tiniest little bit okay, of Okay, so this summer... One of the things we did, yes, is we went uh, to Krypton. We did not. We, yeah, and we played a puzzle. <laughs> yes, we did. That's our only excuse, actually, is that we went to Krypton and they were like, "Would you like to play a puzzle?" And we were like, <laughs> "Well, I mean, I'm sure there are other there are other oh, sites to see, but okay, sure, yes, sure, we'll puzzles. play a puzzle. Yes, they're, they're Great. Apparently, they're very big on puzzles on Krypton. Yeah, and and uh, they put it out on the table. And it turned out it was more than one puzzle. There was like six. It was like six puzzles plus a cipher, like or not yeah. cipher, no cipher, yeah, yeah, little cipher little puzzle, secret code, we, kind of secret thing code that we had, that we had yeah. to figure out. You figured it out. Mm-hmm. I tried, did not get it. And it's really weird. What was amazing to me was that the uh, Krypton had such extensive knowledge of the London tube system. Right, like that was that was 
Yeah. All the way over there. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, that was yeah, pretty fascinating. And one of the clues in the puzzle, because it was a mystery murder, a murder mystery puzzle, right. yes. was about nightshades and what's it called? By now? It's deadly, a... It's just deadly nightshade. Anyway, that turned out to be in one of the pre-episodes that we watched for, for... this show that we are watching today. And what are we watching today? We are watching My Life is Murder. You can, it's optional whether or not you say murder like that, but we have found that it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah, so. it does. My Life is Murder, which is odd because it's a very, like, My Life is Murder. Like, that could be a very depressing show. But this is a very uh, yeah. quickie, kippy, yes. quippy, kicky. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And they designed it that way. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they met up in the Trump years. This is when it first was, come, you know, being it developed. It debuted in 2019. So it's probably developed in like 2017, 2018. Yeah. yeah. Claire Tonkin developed it. And they was asked, like, well, who would star in this? Who do you think would be in it? Who's your ideal? And she was like, well, somebody like Lucy Lawless. And they were like. Well, she's in town. You want to talk to her? <laughs> so she was like that week. She Lucy Lawless was in town for Mardi Gras. And so they met up and they had coffee and it was just supposed to be an hour. But then it turned into two. And they were totally excited about this thing that was going to be positive, but about somebody who was, well, to me, kind of curmudgeonly. She's definitely curmudgeonly. We should also say, by the way, that, that when they, she said that she was in town, this would have been somewhere in Australia. Yes. Yes. This is this is yeah. an Australia. This was originally in Australia. So My Life Is Murder was originally developed in Australia. Yeah. And then during COVID, when they couldn't get Lucy Lawless into Australia, because of all kinds of COVID restrictions, they moved production of the show between season one and season two into New Zealand. So the entire cast changed, except for Lucy Lawless, who plays golly, what is her? Alexa. She plays Alexa. Yeah. And. Alexa Crow. Alexa Crow. And her assist not she's not, she's not an assistant. assistant. She's just sort of a partner. Yeah. Uh, Madison Feliciano is the character name actress Ebony Vagilans, also an Australian actress. Mm-hmm. And so she moved over to New Zealand with the show, but the detective who sort of originated the whole thing and getting her getting Lucy Lawless's character, Alexa, into, you know, into back into the business. He stayed behind. They have a new detective who's feeding her sort of cold case type things. Let's explain how this kind of, how the, like the, okay. well, how the concept of the show okay. works. Because okay. we haven't talked about that at all. So Yeah. So My Life is Murder follows the adventures of fearless private investigator Alexa Crow, who solves the most baffling crimes as well as coping with the frustrations of everyday life. And it's, what's interesting about all this is that like they're not just like it's not just, hey, solve this case. The baked into the premise of is that these are the harder cases. These are the special cases. It's not just like, oh, murder of the week that we have to get. It's like, no, these are like the first or second episode from the in the original series was like a closed room mystery like they they're aware that they're trying to find interesting special cases that wouldn't normally come up so you're you're in for you're in for something special i guess yeah as opposed to just hey here's your diet and we have noticed also a difference between the first season and the second season the first season and we didn't watch the whole thing but in the first season episodes that we watched they were very much how catch them yeah. They like, were like, we're pretty sure this person did it, but we have no idea how. Yeah, we really why. we really want to nail this person. And that's both the people in the story kind of know that this is the person who did it, but also the audience is made aware. Like the first character you saw basically in these episodes, you're like, okay, well, that's the person who did it. So there's no, like, you're not going to guess about how, who did it, but you did have to guess like, okay, where, where, how did they, how did they do it? How yeah, catch them? Like well, along said. the lines of Poker Face and Columbo. Right. But the second season definitely has the flavor of whodunit. Yeah, it's definitely much more traditional whodunit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I'm not sure if this is going to happen so much in this season, but in the last season, the detective would also, he would give her three cases. And and also, we should say, she's reluctant. She's constantly reluctant to do that, uh, to do it. She's she's, not labeled. She's not labeled herself a private detective or a private investigator. Theoretically, she just wants to be retired and bake bread for like cute 
hip coffee shops and flirt with the sexy owners of the coffee shops. Because yes. this was a this was a trope they brought over. Mm-hmm. So now that they're in New Zealand, there's still a coffee shop that she bakes bread for, and there's a hot owner that she has a teasing. Yeah, with. that guy hot, and he is like worldwide known as hot. By the really? way, yeah, he played the the actor in, in New Zealand. It's Joseph Nafau. Who plays Ruben Wolf, the owner mm-hmm. of Ruben's, this cafe that's cute. It's got an indoor-outdoor area. Right on the docks. And he was in Game of Thrones, and he played Carl Moru, which I don't remember that character exactly, but he was one of the hot Carls. Like, pretty much all the Carls were hot. All the Carls. In Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, if you were named Carl, they were just like, no, this guy's got to be hot. Like yeah, that, hot guy. This is the secret society of hot Carls. Yes, so he was one, and yeah, so he is, you know, known. They were like, who do we need? Oh, we need this guy uh, to be opposite her. And and she's, like, constantly telling him that he needs to give her uh, more compliments on more her bread. More compliments on her bread. He, she needs to, he needs to solicit more compliments and get more. Because she's not just a perfectionist. She, she's, she jokes back and forth as to whether or not she's a perfectionist or whether she's just obsessive. Yeah. But, she, but this is – so one of the things about this is that, like, Lucy Lawless is just – she has just an air about her. It's just – it's playful. It's fun. It's a little light. But when she – like, in this, her character is meant to be irascible. It's meant to be yes. just, like, a little grumpy and – chewy and bitey and I don't want to be doing this and I don't want to have partners and I'm deep in grief because she's a widower which yeah so she's she's meant to be someone who like keeps the world at arm's length but like the thing about it is like I don't think that they've settled on I don't think that they've actually settled on how to approach this because on the one hand like if she was like I think they're still playing it this way but it's clearly not She's irascible towards the people she works with, but when she's talking to people, the victims of the crime, she's very warm and inviting and gentle with all of them. So this idea that she's actually a bitter person, I'm like, that doesn't doesn't track for me. And also, I feel like when she talks to a, a widow, sometimes she also is willing to be like, I'm gonna be, I'm going to distrust you. And don't you think that I don't have the right to do so because I am a widow? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody would be like, why are you being such a jerk to me? Or why are you questioning me on this? I'm a widow, you know, and would be able to kind of play that card. And she yeah. can be she could push right back and be like, me, too. Yeah. So, so answer the get, question. You're not getting any slack from me. Yeah. For that. yeah. <laughs> so answer the freaking question. Yeah. I have all the empathy in the world, but answer the question. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I it's interesting. Yeah. And I also don't feel like she's settled. You know, another interesting thing about her is that she has a cat in the first season mm-hmm. and the cat is just it's one of these cats that's moved in. And yeah. she's like, I didn't I didn't ask for a cat. The cat is fed by somebody else. He just hangs out here and she doesn't like to admit it, but she's nice to that <laughs> Right. Cat. Yeah. She's nice to the cat. <laughs> and lets the cat like sit on the counter and there are these funny scenes that they have tried to make guess, it look like the cat's like talking to her and the cat is clearly talking to somebody off the screen with a little with treat. A little treat. <laughs> I guess that's what it comes down to. Like they, they, they've clearly made so much pipe and groundwork that she's not irascible. I'd like to feel that a little bit more like like that she's just playing with them. To enjoy it. And they, they, they're also aware that she's just playing with them. But they play it straight. Like, she's really, like, mean to them. And she's playing it like she's really mean to them. But, like, we know you're not mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, I'd like to I'd like to see that be a little bit more playful. Because, as we mentioned, she does have a playful vibe yes. about her. So there's Lucy Lawless. What do we need to know about Lucy Lawless before we dive into all this? <laughs> well, I mean. Other than Xena, Xena Warrior, Warrior Princess. Princess. <laughs> sure, that sure, sure. pretty much, like, says it all. Very I mean, she's done defining. tons of other stuff. But. That is definitely career defining for her. The the shows the character came out of Hercules episodes that she mm-hmm. was on, a, an arc that she did there, and then they just spun her off. Yep. And then she went on to be on Spartacus, a completely different character, but you know, in the same vein, they were like, "Well, we well should you're, cast you're, you. you're a badass female woman, swords and sandals. Let's do it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, interestingly, she was in the first two seasons of Spartacus. And of course, um, her standing and her, you know, personal acting skills have 
added her to as a guest star to a lot of other shows, Parks sometimes Rec, playing baby. herself. But yes, Parks and Rec. She was fabulous as Ron Swanson's wife. I mean, who else? Yeah. Like per- a good, respectable, strong woman who could stand up to him and like have have the heart of gold, but also be like, I need my space. Yeah. And I, have, I raised two very responsible girls. And yeah. he's like, yes, 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 you have. <laughs> I will also say that according to The Simpsons, Lucy Lawless has the power of flight. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> there's a great there's a great gag on The Simpsons. One of the episodes way back when where she appears on the show in her Xena, the warrior princess costume. And she keeps having to tell Lisa, I'm not Xena, the warrior princess. I am Lucy Lawless. And then at the end of the episode, she flies off with Lisa on her back. And Lisa's like, what are you doing? Xena can't fly. And she's like, I keep telling you, I'm not Xena. I'm Lucy Lawless. So Lucy Lawless has the power of flight in the Simpsons universe. (laughs) That's phenomenal. Uh, She was also, we discovered on Ash and the Evil Dead. We didn't watch that, but we always meant to. And she apparently there's this little note in IMDb. Mm -hmm. I haven't investigated it further and somebody's probably going to be yelling at their phone now. But she saw the original Evil Dead and was like, who are these people who could make this horrifying piece of film? And then eventually Sam Raimi produced her as Xena. And then she her husband her is, second husband was one of the producers of evil <laughs> dead so the there you go evil dead, so she she's had a change it. of heart yeah yeah and she has done other guest star work on shows like veronica mars she did an episode there oh, wow. i wish we'd seen that two and a half men and just yeah a bunch of other stuff she's great Fantastic. And she's a climate ambassador. She is. She's and the, the, one of the one of the running not running jokes, but one of the things she does in like one of the episodes is she refuses. She like keeps yelling at people to shut the doors so that the air conditioning doesn't have to keep running so hot. So to keep yeah. things cold, so you save energy. So yes, she's th- those little messages are throughout. Yeah, and then we have of course Ebony Vagilans who plays Madison Feliciano who's hacker the hacker brains of of she all can, of this she can find out anything yeah and get all the information that you ever wanted she's done a couple of tv shows but this is really her big breakout role and then the detective in this you know now that we're in right, New now Zealand we're in is Rairi Roby or Joby uh, yeah, as Harry Henari, Detective Henry Harry Henari, um, he's done 20 episodes, second and third season. And his credits, of course, because it's New Zealand, sure. include Power Rangers. Yeah. And 321 episodes of Shortland Street, wow. which is a five night a week hospital soap opera. We talked about it in the Brokenwood Mysteries, yeah. but he is one of the top actors in that show. Oh, wow. Well, he's done like one of the top number of episodes. Yeah, yeah. And he was also in, oh, and then Brokenwood Mysteries, of course, he was in that. Woohoo. Yeah. And then I, I mentioned Ruben Wolf, the, the character who has the, the played by the Joseph, cafe, yeah. who owns the cafe. And I've, like I said, he was in Game of Thrones. He was also in Power Rangers, of course. Uh, he was also in Spartacus. Is he, there a Power Rangers mystery? Do you suppose that there is a Power oh, Rangers mystery? There's got to be. There's got to be like right? a little cozy we Power Rangers mystery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like... think that would be great. And uh, I was also going to say that the director of this episode is Mike Smith. He has a lot of broken wood mysteries under his belt as well as Power Rangers. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing in this episode... A lot of environment of Auckland and environment, New extreme sports, great scenery. Yeah, like this is it's a nice little trip to New Zealand. What is the what is the name and what is the logline oh, of the episode shoot. we're doing? I didn't even do that. Okay, so this is season two, episode four that we're watching. It's called "Look, Don't Touch," and the logline is Alexa is confronted by her own history when she investigates the death of a museum curator. Dun dun dun. The, she's she, the first part of that logline is kind of like. Every episode. Yes. She in, in discovers or is confronted by some part of her history in New Zealand. Yeah. And then you're you're just waiting for where? <laughs> what is where, the setting? Where? What is, what is the setting and what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know she's going to like, she's going to have to deal with some, she doesn't deal with demons of her past or ghosts of her past, but it's all like, oh yeah, this is how it's connected to the personal story of you. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, we're going to well, go to a museum. Okay. Hold on. We should make a, I think we should make a guess right now. Oh. A little prop bet. Okay. Because every single time the title treatment 
displays in this show. It is never in the same place or the same setting. It's always set in the environment of the episode in some way. Like is that whole like 3D embossed, like it'll like be on the side of a hill in the grass or it'll be like if they're by a fence, it'll be on like one of the cross fence posts of it all. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes it even has nothing. It mostly actually has nothing to do with the episode. Oh, yeah. It's just the one that was on the grass. Yeah. It's just like where the cold open was. Yeah, exactly. Then they're like, oh, let's put the tile treatment there. Because it was on the grass, but it was that episode about surfing. So, yeah. 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 So what do you think? Where do we think it's going to be? So this is at a museum, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that it is on the leg bone of a dinosaur. Okay. So you're going for, again, the theme of the episode. Oh, you're right. On a leg bone. You're right. Do, I but think they're not, you should do it. But they're not actually going to be in the episode of the cold open, I imagine. Is what they're, so it all depends on like where they do it. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm going yeah, with the, I think going you with the leg bone. I think you should. Um, but I'm just going to go off topic. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the i think it's just gonna be super creepy but i think it's gonna be on the outside of the cat <laughs> she now has an orange and white she now cat. has an orange she has a tabby now yes you're gonna you think it's gonna be on the cat like this is shaved into the side of the cat oh that would be cruel <laughs> that would be cruel they're not gonna do it like that but you're gonna you're still going to think it's the cat. gonna be kind of like embossed on the hair i'm gonna, I'm gonna, the I'm gonna change it i'm gonna change it to the bakery case i'm gonna put it i'm gonna say <gasps> oh. that it's gonna be in the bakery case That's oh. what I'm going with. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you know when we come back with some guessing. We'll see you soon. Well, Jessica, neither of us got it right, which, you know, is another great great way to start out the season. And you may think that we're talking about guesses, but we have. Unsurprising. 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 We are not talking, of course, about the whole episode because the hope still springs for that. We still haven't made our guesses that, but we were both wrong about where the title sequence would be. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. In retrospect, the most obvious. Right. Because we knew from the logline of the episode that it was going to take place at a museum. So Mm -hmm. why didn't we think, oh, yeah, the plinth. The plinth of the museum. museum. I mean, I I I kind of went museum-y with my... uh, You did. With my T-Rex bone, my dinosaur bone thing. But yeah, no, it was just on the museum itself like yeah. of course but uh, we yes. are this this the exhibit at the museum that we are interested in is not about dinosaurs the person who has been killed his name is what is it what is Daniel his name? Woodward Daniel Woodward and he is a historian and costumer well is he a yeah, okay. He's not a costumer. He's a historian, and he talks about fashion in history because he has had a, a costume, costume exhibit. exhibit. Yes, he has yeah. a costume exhibit at the museum, uh, which has been there and packing them in. And he is was married, or his partner, partner he wasn't married, but he was His partnered. business partner and life partner yes, is Stella Moore. But they broke up. They broke up two weeks after the exhibit opened. Yeah. Yeah, and then sometime after that, he was found in in the ocean dead apparently he died he jumped off a cliff and was found in the water about what was it five kilometers down something like that yeah east somewhere of where his car and his phone were on achilles point on achilles point (laughs) so yeah so that's the mystery that we're guessing on to get there there a couple things about getting there we're not going to do the whole recap we don't need that but i will say this they set this exposition dump inside of a greenhouse a botanical garden botanical garden at the museum probably sure yeah like at the museum grounds some kind of like sitting around so pretty gorgeous yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And they have a and they have a little sequence beforehand where they talk about um she she's walking to it on a path and she steps in dog poop. And by the way, kudos to the sound guy because the dog poop squelching and squicking <laughs> just mwah, chef's kiss. Beautiful. I loved it. And then she runs into this woman. And she runs into this woman who has this pram that she's like pushing back and forth. And the pram, but in the pram, she's expecting it to be a baby. And there's this little physical comedy kind of like, can I go? Uh, uh, but and then she looks in the pram and there's a dog in the pram. Yeah. And she's like, oh, please, like you shouldn't have your dog crapping on the sidewalk. So, again, like I don't know that this is anything more than she gets to be grumpy. Um, I don't know if this is going to have anything to do with the mystery. Yeah. I think this is just her being grumpy. Well, it, maybe it was like an interest. It was like a way, a leap. Like they were trying to get leap to leap to leap mm-hmm. like they because they were grumpy. And then Harry, the detective, is standing in the background right. waiting for her to arrive so they can sit down in this. They, they always sit down in a semi-public yeah. but also private 
place so that they can have this conversation. It's never like she comes to the office. Oh, or, yeah. It's never in an office. Yeah. Or well, let's be honest. Who wants to film in an office? Boring. Boring, yeah. boring, boring. He's waiting in the background and then they're like, oh, you're probably you're probably don't like dogs. And the the lady in the pram. Isn't that what she says? No, she doesn't say any. She doesn't say anything. Just like, oh, that. she says, you're not from here. You're oh, you're that's right. Australian. She's Australian. And she's, she's like, like, no, I'm from here. So, yeah, actually. a little bit of like weird uh, nationalism happening yes, there. Like, yeah. And then Harry's like, oh, and also a cat person. Yeah. Also apparently. not a dog person. Yeah. Also Something not a dog person. Like I think he says a cat I think he person. Says cat person yeah. And then we get a shot. This is adorable. Of a sculpture of a cat that's like swatting at, at, the air, like, yeah. at the air and it's on top of a ball. Yeah. Like it's, it's on top of a plinth. It's like just this- a granite plinth. A sculpture of yeah, which assumably is probably near this museum. Yes, it's sculpture. Adorable. Yeah, and I love it. Super adorable. But then we go in uh, and we go into the botanical greenhouse, and yes, so uh, gets all the news. So yes, this this guy was found found dead. Apparently, so this is interesting. He sent a breakup text. No, he had already broken up. Didn't they'd he? already broken up. He'd already they'd already broken up. But he sent a farewell text to his ex partner saying. I can't go on anymore. I'm done. This is done. And then he apparently jumped off the cliff. And they found the phone on the cliff. But the thing about the phone, two interesting things about the phone. One, all of the fingerprints have been wiped off the phone. So who wipes who wipes down a phone? And two, this is this is where it gets really interesting. He turned off his phone. They're very clear. He turned off his phone at 8 p.m. But Stella didn't the Stella's phone didn't receive the message until 10:15 p.m. So yeah. that's a time difference. And in she there. didn't have her phone with her. It was left at the museum. And that's the other thing about all of this is that, yes, who in this day and age leaves their phone overnight at work? You just can't do it. It's like it is a part of your person. Yeah. Unless you're super scattered because people lose their phones. You're right. Still. You're right. I think. I just thought that was very convenient. Well, the other convenient thing that I think that they're really going to push us mm-hmm. towards is a red herring, mm-hmm. though I think it's a red herring, is that the CCTV that the museum yes, had of the day right. that had happened is All the CCs- conveniently gone for the last month. So we have no idea. And there's one final clue that we have to give is that he has some weird hand doodle or some doodle on his hand that it looks like a looks like a pie symbol yes. with extra legs is what it is the best way to describe oh, it. Yeah. And the the cop says he's got this little hand doodle and Alexis is like could we please not call it that? And all I can think of is that like hand doodle or hand doing or it's like there's some kind of like semi dirty pun in there that works in like New Zealand slang but doesn't translate to America. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. Hand doodling or maybe it's just meant to sound a little dirty hand doodling. Yeah. Hand, hand check. Yeah. <laughs> Diddle, doodle. Diddle, doodle. So close. Yeah, so close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It could just be that. So that's what we got. Let's get into this. I First of all, I will say that I don't think that uh, Stella, Stella, the partner, did it. I just don't think she did. Yeah. Yeah, that seems very likely. Because yeah. the picture that they showed of her, she was, it seemed like she was looking at him, mm-hmm. like, very delighted. And oh, she didn't look delighted at all. I don't no, think. she looked so happy. Like, really? oh my gosh, you're so smart. That was the look she was giving, like totally smiling. And oh, I thought she looked very dour. This is no. oh my god, this is such a coolish of effect that we're each seeing what we want to see in this thing. That's fantastic. What? I don't know that I wanted to see it. That's what I saw. No, we that's watched what, it twice. We did, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just oh. like you. You interpreted it one way. I interpreted it another way. Now we have to go back and see like what the face so actually was. So you thought that it was like sarcastic smiling? No, I don't think she was smiling at all. Huh. I, I really remember smiling. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why, it, that's this, why it's we're talking fascinating. Amanda or Stella. Yeah, right? we're talking Stella. Stella off to the side. Like and she yeah. was. I thought she was smiling. Okay. That's what I'm saying. This is, All right. this, is well, this will be an interesting experiment. So you don't think it's her? I don't think it's her. Like again, like like love and love, money, revenge. Like those are basically why people kill people. And I'm betting that this had something to do with money, especially if it's like packing it in. So like maybe there's a silent investor who's not going to get the money from this. Maybe it's somebody who. Well, okay. So he's also this is a this is a costume quote unquote exhibit but it's just like historical clothes 
And the shot that we have of this is like we have an Edwardian mannequin and an Edwardian era tuxedo. We have like a slide in the background of like someone in like Napoleonic dress. And then we have a, on a dress form, we have like a Louis Couture's era Marie Antoinette kind of dress. And then outside, there seems to be an advertisement for the exhibit, and that has Abraham Lincoln on it. Yeah. Which I think these are just all... It, it must be famous political figures in costume. Yeah. Costumes or clothing of historical political figures. Yeah. So I'm guessing, like, so it's so it's either money or, well, maybe even, re- like, the revenge one would be credit. Like, this person, whoever, like, maybe they loaned them some costumes and they're not getting appropriate credit. Or they loaned them some costumes thinking it was one thing. And as a historian, he's debunking this and saying it's something else. So they're out for revenge. Ooh. So it could be a customer who's out for revenge, which I just love saying. So I might just have to go with customer out for revenge as opposed to money. Because money's just boring. It's tawdry and boring. But a customer out for revenge means that we could see some really amazing costumes this show. Yeah. I wonder, we haven't said whether there were other tire tracks out by his car. So if there was, you know what I mean? Like he he left his phone behind. He was maybe pushed, but like, how did that person leave? Yes. How did did this assailant get out of there without being tracked as well? And you're saying, and they they said that the phone was wiped down, Mm -hmm. but you're saying the message was sent to her the to her phone from his phone but not by that phone because that phone had been turned off since eight o'clock which could yeah. mean like if there if it's a mac situation then the mac you can yeah maybe it was sent from a computer from or the, a website or computer, some, something so else like maybe something else was spoofing his phone but if his phone was turned off at eight why did that message not get through until 10 15 but i don't understand why you would leave the phone wipe it down know that it was turned off at eight o'clock and then send a message at 10 from a computer. This this is what I'm saying. It doesn't like the timeline. The timeline doesn't add up. The timeline no, doesn't add doesn't up. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, and there are definitely people that we haven't met. Oh yeah, there's definitely people we haven't met. Um, yes. I think she was smiling at him. I think she really Great. was delighted by him. And at the same time, if, I was. Kind if of, this show has proved anything, Jessica, Jessica, it's that I am wrong a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I was gonna say that. So my first guess, and I, it's 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 lame, but it's the first guess. Mm-hmm. So I should maybe I should just go just for commit. it. Commit. Uh, like you said, love, money, revenge, revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm um, saying a customer out for revenge. You're saying, oh, another customer. Not a customer, but like it's someone who either has like he's he's gathered all of these all of these outfits. And I think yeah. he's either debunked or like discredited or is positioning one of the costumes in a way that this other person doesn't appreciate. So this customer oh. is just driven by rage to wants to kill him. Mm. So like, you know what I mean? Like wow. this was not actually the prime minister's tuxedo, you buffoon. This is from a prom dr- This is from a prom store in 1987. Yeah. So originally I was like, what if she is actually the picture makes us think that she's smiling at him um, because, again, I thought yeah. she was smiling at him. Um, but she's actually like weirdly, after all this time, fallen in love with the museum curator. Mm. And it's there's all these things that are happening in the museum now and that this is just all exciting and wonderful to her. And so she's found a new, and I don't know. And then my second idea was that she was in, she was in debt or she was in fundraising mm-hmm. or, and, and he was sort of the financial, he was, well, no, I think she was the financer and he was the historian. Mm-hmm. And um, so she was the money. Yeah. And it was untenable. The way he was so disorganized. That's what I thought. Oh, so he's just, and he's super dis- disorganized. It was sort of revenge and, and and crazy. Like it was just feeling too crazy and she needed to get him out of the way and 
or oh i see so yes yeah, so she's 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 like great we've got this hit thing he's going to he's like but dealing with his chaos and craziness is too much so if i just killed him then it would be perfect and we make lots of money and it would be done yeah yeah that was one idea but i think i'm going to go back to the museum curator thing because she Love forgot triangle. her phone at, at the, the museum, museum. Yeah. and that makes me think she was probably doing something at the museum with somebody <laughs> just You're not right. him yeah and so yeah, she was like late night with some other museum curator and or maybe somebody from the fundraising department. <laughs> sure. <laughs> from the development and fundraising department, because museums are like government or nonprofits yeah. of some sort. Yeah. And she's fooling around with that person. And uh, that's why she's dumped him. And um, she's going to pull her. And she's going to pull her financing. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to put those two ideas together. She's pulling her financing. And so, and then he's like, no, it's, it's going to be, oh, he finds money from someplace else. Oh, and so, he's going to cut her out. And cut her out. And yeah, but I think the museum curator follows him out and is like, no, no, I get her. I get her. Oh, and okay. so he pushes the, mu- so the so museum. So it's the museum curator, curator who wants to get him out of the picture. So yeah, that he so that, knows he, that he, can, he has. He can get her money. He can get the exhibits because they're also in her name because right. they're business partners, and it'll be great for the museum and the future of the museum. And oh, I like this more and more. Yeah, and then, there's somebody at the museum wanting to keep hold of it. Yeah, and 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 so he he follows him out. To, and he kills him on pushes him off the cliff gotcha. and he says the whole like i just can't make it work anymore because nobody else knows that he has come across another tranche of mm-hmm. funding someplace else right and so everybody but everybody knows that the exhibit was maybe in trouble because she might pull her funding because they're no longer together got it all right i'm still going with a uh, i'm I'm still going with her customer out for revenge. And I really, I really hope we see some amazing, like, period historical costumes in this. Like, some dandy who just, like, likes to dress up in, like, Victorian era stuff. I, like, fingers crossed. Yeah. Like, like, fingers crossed I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll find out. All right. Back in a minute. See you soon. Well, Jessica, while you were finding out all kinds of very erudite and research-driven things about this episode, I will say that while you were doing that research, I was doing the truly important research and trying to find out what jacket Lucy Lawless wears throughout this episode. Oh, (laughs) really? And did you find it? Yes and no. Okay. Here's the thing. I was like, so she wears this jacket. It's a signature piece for her. Yes. It's this long trench coat. It's kind of mauve. It's kind of like this gray, lavender, purplish thing. Maybe not mauve. I was going like, to say blue. Mauve is usually a, like a red or a rosy fair kind enough. of color. So but it, it's but really it's more lavender. Blue, like it's blue, lavender. Sure. Yeah, like right in there. But it's periwinkle. Periwinkle. Periwinkle is a really good. We'll go with periwinkle just because it's also fun to say. So it's periwinkle and it's a very light trench coat like it's very like blousey and it like moves in the breeze a lot whenever she's walking somewhere but it is her signature look it is like um who is the guy right it is kind of like telly savalas's lollipop it's like columbo's trench coat like this that's what i was thinking it's taking off from but it's more eileen fisher yeah then it's kind of that I mean, it has an Eileen Fisher feel to it, which made me think it's cashmere. But you're right. It's more flowy than that. Well, would you believe that it is also available for sale? Really? <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. So I went looking to see, like, if anybody wrote about this or what this meant or if anybody had talked about it. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything about it because literally, like, the first 50, if not more, Google results for all this is people trying to sell you this jacket. Oh, my gosh. This is and some of these like and it's all I don't know who decided to do this, but somebody decided to do this. And it's clearly people who are like English is not their first language. It's a whole bunch of like farms out there who are just like, oh, we have this jacket. We'll make this jacket. We're going to sell this online and look for it. Somehow they knew that people look like listen to some my of this. My life is murder. How did my you search is, it? I just looked for Lucy, Lucy Lawless, Lawless trench coat. Trench my coat. life is murder. Oh, my gosh. And literally everything that comes up is my life is murder. Alexis Crowe. Alexis Crow coat, Lucy Law, this trench coat. But the descriptions that these people have are 
amazing. Let me read you some of oh. these. Um, this coat is the facsimile of the one worn by Lucy Lawless as she is portraying her character role under the name. That sounds rational yeah. and reasonable. Um, this one. To wear something for the most relaxed fit and style, you can choose the Lucy Lawless coat. Mm, okay. True. Yeah, sure. Yes, you can absolutely can. This one says that it is truly essential for the women's law for the women's wardrobe. Well, and it's funny that they say cozy environment because this is clearly always taking place in like spring, summer. Yes. I mean, the last episode. They were complaining so much about air conditioning, and yet she was still wearing this. She was still wool, wearing a trench coat as like everybody is like sweating yeah, buckets around her. Yeah, and she's her. wearing full jeans with like leather boots. Not nothing like frivolous as to like just a like flip flops or sandals. No, like boots with jeans and a full jacket and a shirt. Maybe it's a tank toppy type shirt, but that was. That's hilarious that everybody's on that. I mean, women know very well how to be the center of attention. Oh, <laughs> this season is all about watching good stuff on screens and wearing exotic outfits. Exotic. <laughs> Alexa is a private investigator by profession. She loves to solve adventurous and challenging tasks. Well, sure. This alluring mauve Lucy Lawless trench coat oh, they is made. They do. That's where I got it from. Oh. Is manufactured from a flowy skin and cotton. I'm like, whoa. whoa. Hold on. <laughs> this is manufactured from a flowy skin. But this is this was this was my favorite one. I went to one of them and I got some reviews of this. So oh. this, these are some of the reviews so are of this. It. Well, maybe. Okay. This is one of the reviews. Right. It is usually a fashion treat to order anything from here. Cherished how trend, how this trench coat became out in actual life. Okay. Being an admirer of each trench coat extraordinary transport service, how ought I not to get this one the minute I noticed it right here? It grew to become out to be best. Oh, my. So, oh, my. So if you want the coat, I am sure that you can find one. After all, you can even made one find one made with flowing skin. Right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Don't. Here's a hint. Don't get the one made of flowing skin unless you want to be part of another murder, murder investigation. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that goes back to Clarice. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> now, yeah. Now we're back to Hannibal and Clarice. Yeah. No, no. That is, that is a much different show than this yeah. one. Yeah. So, yes. I, I was going to comment on the clothes, too, because, yeah, that trench coat is, I mean, it's perfect because it emphasize, it goes with her, you know, tall personage yeah. and her stature, very upright, but like kind of flowing. It, it, it reflects her like retirement and her softer mm, kind mm -hmm. of side. Yeah, yeah. But then she'll wear, but she wears like, she's very monochrome, it's like sort of single colors it isn't like a mixture or a pattern, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the fabric of the shirt uh, has some sort of decor on it, it's the same color or the same fabric. Mm -hmm. Like the fabric is pleated, not. But again, it's not a pattern. It's just the fabric being created into some sort yeah. of pattern. Whereas Madison's her character or that character, Madison, yeah. is wearing. All oh, kinds she's always of got all kinds of patterns and bright and colors yes. and prints. And, and then in this episode, spoilers, the murderer has, you know, great, big, bright red, pink dress. I mean, I think the color on our screen is kind of off because yeah, Rihanna looked pink to me in the Super Bowl, sure. but it was actually red. So this person might have been wearing red, but it looked kind of like pinky orange. You know, big dresses and big lip that's yeah, like very red and bright orange. lip. Like that was even yeah. one of my notes. Like, a, what a pink lip on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pink red lip. And you know, I think <laughs> what? Once again, we have devolved into let's talk costumes. But it's well, like, this is about it's costumes. So, yes, it to, is. Costumes, you know, and set design says so much about the characters and yes. setting that you're trying to go for. So yeah, I, I thought I thought it was important to mention the the costumer of this episode is Sarah B. Okay. Um, obviously, some of the costume design for these characters, it was set 
by the previous customer from season one, mm-hmm. but then, you know, reproduced in this really beautiful way and really taking it to the, yeah. to you know, into the next level. And I think the makeup also, I noticed, you know, you talked about the big red pink lip on mm-hmm. guest star Anne Hutchinson. I think that's her name. She played um, Lillian, who was the curator Lillian of the Lillian Reed, the curator, yeah. Well, well, Alexa or Lucy Lawless was also wearing a pink lip and very in, in and had some like blue mm-hmm. eyeshadowy eyeliner. She had she had some makeup going on. So there was a lot of lip in this episode. And I don't mean that like don't lippy, mean sassy. Yeah. but it was sassy as well. There was sass. In fact, I was going to say that I if I feel like they heard your notes and I, I, were like, OK, I, I agree. I, that was one of the things I wanted to say about all this is that they really, they really have like I was working off past episodes, but in this episode, they it really like they, the banter has become more playful, less like she's trying to be irascible and mean, and more like she knows she's just teasing. Like it's a lot more teasing and having fun, and yeah. like like they're aware of what's going on as opposed to her trying to actually be. Yeah. And I think that has something to do with and I think you hit kind of the nail on the head when you were talking about it earlier, that it has something to do with the way the actors respond. Like if the actors respond in fear, then Mm -hmm. that indicates, oh, she is dangerous. Yeah, she is more than like just their fear. Like they it she is they you know, your the response uh, half of of their response tells you how to think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is their response? Is somebody's response? So, yeah, I was I was pleased to see a lot of Madison's responses were just sort of you know you know there, she was yeah, or, and she was sassing back like yeah, she, like yeah. she was yeah she was given as good as she got in this yeah. episode. So and I still do not know though on on a whole nother topic. Please, what the heck is it about the dog and the pram? Why I, I don't I think I think they're still trying to say that she's a bit like. She's not she's still a bit of a curmudgeon like she's still not going to go along and just be like, oh, yes, these people today. So gentle listener, let us explain in case you haven't seen this episode. Oh, by the way, in case you couldn't tell from the fact that we're like avoiding it completely, we absolutely lost and did not get this yeah, right. We didn't but I think so. One of the jokes about this is like the, the episode starts with her stepping in dog poo, which we talked about and then making which, a- by the way, we only see the shot from her waist up. So that is all sound and acting. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. We 100%. never see poop on her shoe. She is just walking along and acting yes. like she stepped in poo and then is looking at her shoes. Yes. She's wonderful. Well done. Good job with the and then the And then the sound person it was, was so, like, like, a, like I said, really good squishing. Sweetened. Yeah. So great. And it, so, yeah, so they make fun of this dog and then they bring the dog back at the very end. Um the woman is once again outside the museum pushing her dog in a pram and like Lucy Lawless just says hello. It's like Kira, but it's spelled differently, but it sounds to my American ears like they're saying Kira, which is apparently some sort of greeting in yeah. in New Zealand because it, she's it's happened in a bunch of episodes. In any event, but she's like, Kira, I see you. Don't be letting your dog poop all over here. I don't know what that is, except just to show once again that she's still grumpy and she's still like, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. Thing. She so. really is a, a little get off my lawn and and they didn't yeah they don't really call her out on it. But they do like they're like but again it is funner in this episode. There's yeah. one scene where Alexa is trying to spy on Lillian because they've decided that Lillian again spoiler in case you missed it. Lillian is uh Lillian the curator of the museum is the one who did it. So I just want I'm going to come back to the fact that I think I was half right. But you again were. no half points. But anyways, <laughs> Lil, what's the name of the cop that she works with? Harry. Harry. So Lil, so Alexa and Harry are like hiding in a closet <laughs> to spy on Lillian. And the closet just randomly has Lavour, what are those called when they're like they're just blinds? It's Lavour. Is that Levelor? what it is? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Even, they have the slats in the door so they can see through. Sort and, of like plantation shutters. Yeah. Or you don't say that anymore. But but that kind of stuff. And uh, she and they're in tight in the closet and there's not a lot of room. And she's just like, that's your elbow, Right. And he's like, yes, what else would it be? <laughs> then the wink, wink. wink. <laughs> the audience knows what else it would be. But yeah. Anyways. She but like, a good look but that's, the like, that's the kind of thing that's going on now. They're like, they're making yeah. little like aside jokes like that. Yeah. They're just, and there know, was, I feel like every episode we've watched so far has 
like a weird topic that they're taking on. Oh yeah, the there's definitely a theme, theme for of each some episode. sort that has absolutely nothing to do with the storyline. And this one was candles. Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about something else, but you were going with the candles thing on this one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little joke that the little conflict that's going to be between Madison and Alexa. Yeah. Um, there's always something there between them. And yes, and this time around it was candles. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I can't remember the other ones, but there are so many. Like every single episode has something that they're... Alexa does not like candles and Madison does, especially scented candles. Well, it sounds like her... It's This this was pointed out by a blogger I was reading Mm -hmm. about this episode that... This episode, as we discussed in the logline, mm-hmm. it includes some backstory. Yes, which uh, they've def- definitely leaned into in the second season as well. Like the, yeah. everything, it's a little bit of, it's like not exploring her past, but she's back where she grew up. She's back in her homeland. Yeah. She's now, she's like confronting all these things about her past. And this time it's the backstory about how her father would take her to the museum and she loved it. But then her mother took her to the museum and said, by the way, I'm divorcing and I'm leaving your father and you have to choose if you want to live with me or him. And Alexa chose the mother and went to Australia and that is now she's back and so she's confronting her past. So. Yes, yes. So there there's that story download and mm-hmm. you know we're meant to feel oh, you know, that's interesting or you know we have some compassion for her and I think that Madison has some compassion for her as well. But when Madison says my family, we give candles for birthdays. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have so many candles. And uh, Alexa is completely dismissive of this. Very. Thinks yes. it's disgusting and they smell like toilet, which is a complication with candles. Because yes. if you have those bathroom scents and then you get a candle that's in that bathroom scent or, you know, the scent when you go into it's industrial bathrooms, it's association. I have I have a deodorant that I hate. Because it smells like the bathroom scent that is supposed to, you know, at my former place of work. So, yeah, I don't I don't like that bathroom. So I completely understood where she was coming from. But at the same time, I was like, come on, candles can make things smell good. And in the end, spoilers again, she does give a candle to to Madison, to Madison. The candle to Madison, but yes. it smells like fresh bread, and this annoys <laughs> Madison. But I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you like the smell of fresh bread? Because this comes up earlier in the yeah, episode that she doesn't like because she doesn't want to smell the fresh, fresh bread. bread. But I don't understand. Who does not like the smell of fresh bread? What we can do though, what we can do is we can tell you what actually happened. So I was almost, I almost had it. I said it was somebody out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was another customer. We did not get, other than the really good pink lip, we did not really get some amazing costumes on this. I was a little disappointed. I oh, really no. did. I thought her her jumpsuit on the on the yacht, Lillian's was, jumpsuit, on the Lillian's yacht, jumpsuit yeah. was awesome. I thought the dress she was wearing when Alexa. By the way, her name is Alexa. That's and and literally the in this name, episode, yeah. somebody goes, "Hey Alexa," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because you said this mm-hmm. the other day that how many people's Alexas are lighting up now, yeah. listening when they're watching and if you're this listening show. To this on Amazon, so are yours. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, and they paused around it. Somebody was like. <laughs> Aren't you bored during the pandemic? Here you go. Hey, Alexa. (laughs) There's all kinds of space around it. Hey, Alexa. Space. I'm sorry. I hope you're laughing. (laughs) I thought it was funny. But yeah. And so that that scene when she's walking into the museum Mm -hmm. and Alexa's sitting at the table looking at the at the poster from last week that had been taken down of the Venetian uh, mask. She's wearing this great dress with these puffy sleeves and and it's it's sort of right over her knee length and it, it, it's cut with all this interesting or like pretty drapiness. I, I think I remember that dress when that was super popular. I'm pretty sure I tried it on. It did not look as cute on me as it looks on Lillian or that actress and Anna Hutchinson. Um, so kudos to you. I thought the costumes were really great. Okay. She had nice stuff. I'm not saying the costumes were bad. I'm saying that, like, I was looking for, like, this is the problem with giving out awards for customers because the period piece is going to win because it is like, oh, yes, look at those amazing Viking things that they, that this customer made. Oh, look at this amazing, like, 
Edwardian garb on all the people from Downton oh, Abbey. But like I see. In the exhibition, in the, yes. the Legendary Threads exhibition was kind of boring. No, we didn't no, see I'm not saying I'm not saying that was boring either. What I'm oh. saying is like I wanted a character who in modern day was walking around wearing something completely inappropriate for modern day. Like I wanted them walking around <laughs> wearing yes, like wearing like one day showing up in like Henry VIII like you turkey did? leg pants or like the next day show Yes, I want I wanted a customer who was really committed to the bit of being a customer. Okay. That's what I wanted. I didn't get that. Of course I didn't cuz that would have been ridiculous. But it would have been funny for me. <laughs> but what I will so really quickly, what happened was, is they had this exhibit and she was, Stella was smiling at Daniel. I was right about you that. You were right about that. But they had broken up. They had broken up two weeks, weeks earlier. Later. She still wanted to be with him. No. No. She did not want to be with him. He still wanted to be with her. And he was broken up when she started seeing this other guy, the security guard, which is where all the hard drives with the CCTV footage went to. In any event, while he was agonizing over her, he discovered that this Venetian mask was fake because there was there wasn't correct cracking on it, yeah. um, which was the lines that he drew on his hand. And he went to the museum's curator about this, and she re- he was like he didn't realize that it was a fake or that something had happened to it. Or that actually he realized that it was a fake, but he didn't realize that she was behind it. She was like, you're right, but come come to my boat tonight and we can talk about it and we'll celebrate finding a fake. He went to the boat. She killed him, knocked him over the head with a fire extinguisher, threw him off the side of the boat. And Lucy Lawless figured all that out. So Yeah, just by yeah. looking at tides and... Tides and inspecting a boat and seeing paint matches and yeah. fingerprints. There, there and was the some fire re- extinguisher yeah. was and missing. And the dark web. Ooh, yeah. they got to go to the dark web. <laughs> Madison took them to the dark web yes. and posted a fake, the trying to sort of bait people to, you know, yeah. say that there was a mask for sale. And, so, hmm. but the point is, like, I was like... My thing was it was a customer out for revenge because he just like he there was a fake. Daniel found there was a fake and discredited him. Yeah, that is correct. Daniel did find a fake. He was about to discredit someone, but it was the curator, not a uh, not a rival customer. Yeah. So, yeah. man, rival customer. Like, what kind of title would that be? Like, here's my business card. Jacob Coakley, rival customer. <laughs> I want somebody, I want that to be the business card for somebody who develops mascots for sports teams, like rival customer. Oh, yeah. Well, there is a podcast episode about that. No, I know. I know. Uh, I'm just saying I want that to be their title. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should tell them. Yeah, yeah. We should tell them. That should be their their card. We'll start the campaign right now. This should be your, from now on, you are all rival customers. (laughs) Rivals. So another thing I really like about this show is one of the things one of the things that they've been doing is that it is clear that the writers and the producers are doing a lot of prep and a lot of research around all of this. And for that matter, like part of it is like they're like they've got this kind of like subtle feminist thing going on through like in this one, one of the. This one, one of the things they bring out is uh, like the fact that New Zealand was the first major country to give women the vote. And Mm, that's right. The curator gives Madison a scarf based on a pattern from the suffragist who made this happen. And they also talk about this mask. But the Venetian mask, who it's from, they talk about the woman who did this. It was like the first female like mathematician and not logician, but like first female she, she was you, the first, yeah. You know so all about I, it. Tell us all about we, her. I don't know why the mask was in New Zealand, but it was there and it had been there for mm-hmm. a while. And Lucy um, and Alexa would always say, I would always come and stare at these masks when I was a child. And I loved this exhibit because it's the whole like she's there as a child. Now she's back. All the there's a running joke. What has changed? What hasn't? These masks had always been there. So she loves these masks. So she's looking at these masks and she knows that it's about one of them is from this lady. Yeah. Yeah. And this lady is Elena Lucretia Coronaro Piscopia. Very nicely done. Yeah. And uh, she was a magician. She was a famous philosopher. Mathematician, did I say that already? Philosopher. She was also, she wanted to be a theologian. She Mm -hmm. was, but she wasn't allowed to. They petitioned to get her a degree in it, and some priest 
got wind of it and was like, no, women can't have degrees in theology. And so instead they were like, all right, fine, we'll get her a degree in philosophy. So she is actually the first woman to ever have received a degree that we know of. She was, it was from the University of Padua. And she was the daughter of a who, sort of like the second most powerful man in Venice mm-hmm. in the 1640s. Yeah, so, so that was pretty like amazing real person. And the the sort of the, sort of the linchpin of the storyline is yes. that the family wanted the mask back. And so, so they were that's why enticing. The curator, yeah, the curator yeah. was giving them the mask back in the return for a much fancier job in New York City. Which and then, was always her goal. Which was always her goal. And so she created the fake mask and put that out there in order to give them the real mask. Yeah. So. And so another blogger that I read, or maybe it was the same blogger, talking about this show. Oh, no, I think it was just an article talking about this show, a journalist, was mentioning how the characters of the women, even though there's a lot of flirtation that happens, mm-hmm. they are not there. Nobody's getting married. Nobody's actually dating. Nobody's right. actually like closing the loop on that kind of stuff. They're just flirting and they're professionals and, you know, showing their interests. And that I feel like is an interesting thing about this. The murderer is that she was a uh, she had aspirations to go to New York. And yeah. so that's is So like you said, the reasons why people kill, right, are mm-hmm. love, money and vengeance. But she killed. I mean, this is fiction, but she killed because of her aspirations yeah. to go to New York, which I mean, I guess that's like a maybe like a, a subtitle of d- maybe money. Subtitle, but, but you're right. Like this was like it was too. Yeah. Further her ambitions. Yeah, yes. and it wasn't about love. I mean, there was a breakup in this episode, but that had nothing to do with the yeah, murder. Yeah, and, and he and and Lillian, the museum curator, I thought, oh, maybe she's a shoulder to cry on for him, but that was not the case either. Yeah, he was just he was sad, he was depressed, but he noticed this thing because he gets distracted. I guess. And he I want to know like, what he must have been hey. like in ADHD and it's cool to oh like have such gosh. an eye for detail and get obsessed with things. Like, oh my god, you yes, you would be no fun to work with. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, would, he was he had just walked away from a like this fight. Seeing oh, his ex girlfriend like like flirt and kiss with this other guy with this security guy. I thought that was funny too. Is that when they showed they watched this scene. CCTV or CCTV, mm-hmm. you know, video, and Alexa has a bowl of popcorn. Yes. As oh, that Madison. was a great scene. <laughs> they bring in a bowl of popcorn and they're watching the CCTV footage, and it's there's no sound, so they start making up. It's like you don't even need sound; you can make up what the what they're saying in here. So they do funny voices like, "What are you doing? Come back!" No, I don't want to. Like they, it was. <laughs> but the actors, the bit. way they played it, it was really just sort of like, "Oh no, what are you doing? Oh no, please don't take it the wrong." way and i'm sorry but i'm we broke up it's fine and then they they just kind of walk away it was like oh that was that was really a banal fight like it was <laughs> just like that that was it that's all like it wasn't even like lowest stakes fight ever. yes so low stakes thank you well put because then what you see later on in the episode is the next cctv which is him walking into the down the hallway and he's kind of frustrated and then he looks at he happens to look over and see the mask or he looks at the poster and then he he walks away, comes back into the camera, and then starts writing on his hand. And then he walks straight from there to go tell Lillian mm-hmm. about this. So he has gone from, oh my gosh, I'm woman so heartbroken. I love, I'm so this heartbroken to, oh, that mask thing is very different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, well, hopefully you're able to keep up with our squirrel brains as we went around this yeah, episode, was, too. Sorry. You were pretty. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to apologize. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Canadian. Now you're thinking Canadian with all these apologies, Jessica. <laughs> this is New Zealand. We're in New Zealand. <laughs> we hope you had fun. We had fun on this one. Yes. We didn't get to start this season with a win, but we'll get there eventually. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Well, it was Please. pretty close, Jacob. It was close. I was close. I feel good. I have to say I feel good. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Tune in next week. Oh, two weeks or whatever it is. Tune in soon. You'll hear from us soon. I we I need a, a tag, like some old, old-timey radio murder mystery tags. Continuing next week. 
<laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll work on our tags and we'll see you next time. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out, and maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Clue Dunnit private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Dunnit private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake podcasting adjudication board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon because watching, watching TV is, is always, always better, better with friends. friends. He worked on two shows, which I didn't, I don't, like, The New Adventures of Black Beauty. This was in the 90s. And then The New Adventures of the Black Stallion, which was also a 90s thing. I guess there was, like, all that horse stuff, just, like. There's always horse stuff. There's always horse girls coming along. Yeah, yeah. So that happened in the 90s, and he directed (laughs) on that. (laughs) Jessica, do you remember? Yeah, that happened back in the 90s. Yeah, that happened back in the 90s. The 90s were a terrible and wonderful time, children. (laughs) 